this uh, the Steelers are up 14-3 right now. I thought that the Washington D would be able to do something. I mean, would, I heard Antonio Gibson left or, or got knocked out. So, I mean, yeah. he was essentially – at this point, he's their whole offense. So Yeah. So, somebody posted that um, he's uh, – what's his name there? The quarterback, uh, Smith, is the comeback player of the year. In, yeah, in, 100%. To, to mention Ben Roethlisberger is crazy. And I agree. I think that he's definitely the comeback player of the year. But people then don't even mention Ben Roethlisberger when they talk MVP, and to me that's insane. I saw him. I'm pretty sure they did like a odds thing. I saw him as, as fifth. Um, See, that's that's insane. How is he not the top? You're well, I mean, I, last year without him, and now you're 11 and 0 with him. I don't. I don't know if I agree with top, but I mean, I think he's kind of right. Where uh, and this doesn't. This was before. Russell Wilson's embarrassment against the Giants. So so it had Russell Wilson ahead of him, um, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and honestly I can't think of the other person. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that's realistic. Now Russell Wilson's probably out of that conversation. But Yeah. I See, I for me, Ben Roth, I think the definition of MVP is most valuable to your team. And if your team was 8-8 eight eight without you, and you're the only thing that came that was added on the comeback, and now you're 11-0, and 0, that's – Pretty much sums up most valuable to me. <laughs> if you've been enjoying the soft open here, obviously you've noticed we've got three screens going. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second, but let's jump right into our intro video. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. going on everybody welcome to infinity sports i'm your host wayne g joined as always by sully and Yo, we've got up? a guest host here brandon we'll get into you a second i'm gonna let you say hi in a second but we got a couple of things quick which is where to find us obviously you're watching on youtube live facebook live twitter or you might be able to find us on itunes spotify stitcher or amazon music if you want to find the audio version but i do highly recommend the video version because we got a lot of cool stuff with the different uh, overlays and video graphics. Also, if you go visit us on social media, Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, at Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram, and at Sports Infinity on Twitter, just visit the website, www.sportsinfinity.podcast.com, and visit the store while you're there. Support the show. You can see Tom Brady does, LeBron James does. Get some Infinity Sports wear, you know, uh, just like the celebrities actually do. So, <laughs> as I mentioned at the start, we've got three screens. We've got a big, big star with us today, Brandon Combs, who is the host of the Man Hour, host of TSS, host of the Great Debate, and that was on the All ACCS Network. Uh, and he's got his own radio show now with uh, Michael Buckheister on the big XWXVW in Louisville, uh, the Man Hour show. There, Brandon, we are psyched to have you aboard. You're like a big celebrity now. 
<laughs> I don't know about that, man, but it, it's been it's been a wild ride for sure. Um, you know, I, I've been working at this for for a while. Um, it's been a couple years of, of schooling and, and trying to get my foot in the door and started out with you guys a little bit on the podcasting uh, end of things. And, you know, we, we just, you know, got to a point where we were able to get our foot in the door and it just kind of went rampant and i also noticed that you said with michael buckkeister you, you, you forgot that i have a third member of the team there like i used to remember that you had a third member of the team but i, I understand that i forget about leblanc too i'm usually alone when i'm with him so it's it's pretty good it's definitely not shots i just totally you know he's hardly ever on there i feel like you're on there two-thirds of the time and he's only on there a third of the time I yeah, genuinely yeah. did not know there was a third one. Like, not to be an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> the funny thing is, is like uh, that LeBlanc. We uh, we just got into an argument about some the guy with the Browns. I don't. I think that was the on Joe, your page, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the Browns, and and he's just a, a riri. And uh. And yeah. I didn't know like that was the whole thing. And then I seen LeBlanc. So obviously, man, I should have put it all together. But yeah, man, that was wild. Oh shit, my yeah, fat, that, my fault, that man. Joe got- was a, uh, a a huge troll for a little while. Oh yeah, I mean you he could just tell. Got out of hand. I mean yeah. he spelled the word like he would talk and he would say I am doing this and he'd spell it E Y E. So yeah. it was like bruh, like it was it yeah. it, it, it just uh, it got to a point where he was sending us uh, personal messages on Messenger. And really? Was, yeah, yeah. Like it wow. got bad, so we just ended up kind of curbing that. I mean we don't mind the hating and, and the bashing, and we'll go back and forth. And you could, if we're bad, you could tell us we're bad. Um, and, and we're very open to talking and, and going back and forth. I mean, the name of the the group that he was in is called Trash Talk. Yeah. So we're we're fine with trash talk. Yeah, exactly. But when you get personal and like he was sending the guys pictures of their wives next to Miss Katie, like he was he was getting out of control, man. So we we had to nix that real quick. Oh wow! Damn. One of your fans here it was like a typical, especially with son Joe, uh, and that might cost me twelve seconds. So uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> That guy. So uh, you guys have had. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but you, you, you've had uh, that that guy Joe Tebow we were just talking about. That's a, a, a profile that I don't know where it came from. I don't know who it is, but it just came up as incestuous son Joe. So it's somebody who's trolling him while he was trolling us. And <laughs> it's not me. I'm not typing anything. It, it's nobody on the show. I don't know who it is, but whoever it is, he's funny. <laughs> and like I said, I, I talk all the time about how one of my favorite hosts is the Kirk Minahan from the Kirk Minahan show. Yeah. And Kirk, if you look at, they have a thousand parody accounts that follow the show. Like he'll do a bit about some guy named Joe Thomas. This you know, there's a Joe <laughs> Thomas thing that follows the show. And it's yeah, like, yeah. so hey, you guys, like I said, you guys are making it. Hey, Minahan's a beast in the business for sure. I, I, I love Kirk Minahan. Um, there, there are a lot of guys I do like. There are some guys that I could do without, like a Max Kellerman. And, and oh, nobody know, likes Max guys. Kellerman though, or Stephen A. Smith, and yet they have their own show together. Yeah, the other guy over there on on Fox, uh, the the former football player, I can't I don't Sharp? like saying his name. Yeah, but I just don't like saying his name because he's just a clown. Like I can't, I can't say Shannon Sharp, man. I swear to God, like if I ever, like if, if if I could ever have an interview with Shannon Sharp, the first question I ask him is, "Why are you such an idiot?" <laughs> That's how the interview would start. So that's probably where the interview end too. Probably. Yeah. Of course, being a Chicago guy, we are going to start things right off the bat with the Chicago Bears, who Great. lose. They fall to five and seven. And I got to ask you, like, what is going on with this franchise? Because they started off the season looked like you were going to be right, and they were going to be eleven and five and go to the playoffs. 
And then just all of a sudden they're like, all right, we're switching quarterbacks to Nick Foles, and we're switching it back yeah. to Mitch Trubisky, and they just don't know what they're doing. So the problem started with the the fact that they have the McCaskies as ownership, and then Ryan Pace is their GM, and then Matt Nagy is their coach, and then their quarterbacks are Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. So that's kind of where they went wrong. Um, look, I thought that Nick Foles would be a lot better than what he is. I, w- I was absolutely dead wrong on on Nick Foles. I thought that once he came in and took over from Mitch Trubisky, you'd have a guy who could manage the, the field and do anything that you need to do to get that defense to help you win. And that defense has done its part to help them win. They just can't score. And the defense, you, you're asking the defense every single week to hold the opponent to under 13 points, and it's just not possible in the NFL. You just can't do that every week. And, look, I, I think that Ryan Pace has done a horrible job drafting. Um, the McCaskies, and, you know, as, as much as I try to keep this out of most discussions, they, they will never allow you to have a black quarterback in, in, in Chicago. That's just the McCaskies are all about. That's the only reason why you could I could think that Mitch Trubisky was drafted over Mahomes and Watson. It's the reason why we've never had a black quarterback. It's the reason why we didn't go after Cam Newton, but we went and signed Nick Foles. We didn't go after Teddy Bridgewater, but we signed Nick Foles. Like, it just... That's the way that they've been since they've been owners, and it's widely known, and I don't know why because it's the only position that they do that with, but that's what they do, and I, I just I don't understand it. Um, so was Matt Nagy hamstrung a little bit? Sure, but his play calling has been garbage. His clock management has been garbage, um, and so there's just there's not much I can say other than it looked like I was right at the beginning of the season when they started out five and one. And now it just looks like I was a fool and I was just high on them because I'm a homer, but that's not the case. I really thought this team had potential. They just didn't live up to it. Well, and that's why kind of question will go for both you guys. And I'll, I'll hit Sully with this one and then I'll have it come to you as well. They're projected to draft right now in that 13, 14 range. If at the current rate, but obviously if they continue to lose, they'll go up more. I've made the contention that even though Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, if I was had the number one overall pick as the Jets, I wouldn't take him. I would try to trade down and build through because they have a lot of positional needs. And my question for Sully <laughs> first, and then yeah. so for Sully first because he's the draft expert, and then I'll have you as the Chicago guy. The the Bears get you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, whatever it is. Should they take a quarterback, or do they have other positional needs? Um, I mean, they do have other positional needs, but again, it's it's kind of just how the individual team values the their the quarterbacks on the board. Um, so like Zach Wilson and Trey Lance are going to be the quarterbacks in that range, and they're both African American. Um, so they probably won't get selected at that point. Um, if you know, I I know nothing as to he is correct. They haven't had a black quarterback. Um, uh, um like, you know, drafted and, and start and things like that. So, and they have consistently drafted poorly um, outside of probably Rokon Smith. I, I can't really, Kyle Fuller's a decent hit, but outside of those two, they haven't really hit um, with their first round picks. So, I mean, Leonard Floyd was a bust. Mitch Trubisky was a bust, you know, um, rookie tight ends never pan out. So Cole Komet, you know, in the, as their first pick technically this year was never going to be a good pick. Um, but 
I'd take a quarterback. You know, I'm I'm in the I'm in the camp that you take one until you find the right one. I don't care if you took one the year before. If a better one comes along, that's why in this case for the Jets, you take Trevor Lawrence. If an if a better one's there, you take them because you just you're trying to hit as many lottery tickets as you can. You don't just buy one ticket. You feel me? Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you this because you you would know better than I do. So being the, the draft guy that you are. Where are Ian Book and Kyle Trask expected to go? I wouldn't. I don't think Ian Book gets drafted. Um, uh, he, I mean, if he does, it's super late. Kyle Trask at this point has played himself into the first round. Um, he's played himself into probably the top twenty at this point. Um, okay. He is. He is proving a lot of what he couldn't do good last year. He is. He's doing very well this year. He used to be a statue um, and kind of just be a pocket player. He's moving. He's getting out of the pocket. He manipulates the pocket very well. Uh, he throws guys open. Um, he can he can hit his second, third reads. Uh, I, I think he's a he's a complete player. I like him a lot, actually. Yeah. So for me, and and that's where I was going to go with it is that for me, if Kyle Trask is still there or Trey Lance is still there at thirteen, you have to go quarterback. You yeah. have to. Because um, those guys are both starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They're both franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, however, the Bears do have a strong need for offensive line, um, a very strong, especially for run-blocking offensive line. And it's funny because we were talking about a guy before the show, Nolan Laufenberg, who is an amazing run-blocker. Um, and so I almost want to say if you feel like you can get a starting quarterback in the second round, like a Mac Jones or something like that. Yeah. So if you can get one of those guys in the second round, or if you feel like Kyle Trask is falling, or, or whatever the case is, then sure, go offensive line. But if, if Kyle Trask or Trey Lance are out there at 13, and you don't get either one of those guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm going to end up with a broken 50-inch TV. <laughs> because that's just, I mean, it's, it's not, uh, like, it's going to be a different GM. There's no way that Ryan Pace has a job after the season's over. It's going to be a different head coach because there's no way that Matt Nagy has a job after the season's over. Um, so I, I'm very interested to see which way uh, the Bears end up going. Um, it's been a very disappointing um, tenure for Matt Nagy, who was supposed to be an offensive genius and has the worst, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Um, so it, I, I'm really interested to see which way they go. Well, another team having some quarterback issues is the Eagles, who are I think three seven and one or something like that now, and, <laughs> and still in second or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so this last game, we have you know Carson Wentz comes in, he throws a bunch of inter- not interceptions, he didn't have an interception, but he threw a lot of incompletes, didn't look great. Jalen Hurts comes in, throws his first career touchdown pass. He was drafted in the second round. Everyone's about kind of been clamoring for him, especially Jesse, who hates Carson Wentz. <laughs> at this point, I guess, I mean, just like I said, the Patriots should put Stidham in there and see what you got. I mean, they're three and seven, even though they're still in the hunt. Should they put Jalen Hurts in as a starting quarterback? I think so. Um, I, again, you know, you kind of got to see what you have. Like, I, I'm in the same camp as you with Jared Stidham. Um, the only issue being is, you know, they're kind of still in contention for that divisional title. And so, do you think with Carson Wentz, you're a better football team who can win that division? Uh, and I feel like, you know, Doug Peterson's pride kind of feels like he is. 
Uh, it's also, I mean, he's the most, he's the most sacked quarterback, the most pressured quarterback. I mean, those things do come into play, but I mean, then at the same time, Jalen Hurts is more mobile. And so maybe he, he, he offers something more. Uh, I don't know that 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 team's just not very good to begin with. So I'm not sure either quarterback is going to succeed in that offense. Well, Hurts provided a huge spark for them yesterday. And I'm going to say that if, if they would have started Jalen Hurts in that game yesterday, they might've won it. Um, the, Look, Jalen Hurts um, came in that game and just did some things on offense that I'm not sure if it was just a a boost for them to see Jalen in the game or whatever the case is. And maybe once there's some game film on him and stuff like that, he'll slow down. But he looked really good yesterday. And I if if I'm the Eagles, I'm starting Jalen Hurts this coming week. What you know? division or, or no division race at three and i mean you shouldn't even be in a race at three and seven and one anyway, but you know it was funny i was talking to a buddy of mine who's a jets fan i said just think if you guys were in the nfc east at 0 and 12 you'd still be in the hunt for the division crown <laughs> and i like jalen hurts as well and when he went to oklahoma i was so excited that he was in the heisman race after kind of getting the boot from Alabama because I felt like he's a decent quarterback. And what Oklahoma allowed him to do is they run a spread offense where he was able to kind of sling the ball around, which at Alabama he didn't get to do as much. And so I thought it was good that he could showcase he could pass the ball. I still think the problem is when somebody was initially calling for Hurts, like, hey, let's get Jalen Hurts in there. I was like, all right, well, if you take Carson Wentz out of an offense that has no offensive line and your top two receivers are Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, you're going to have Jalen Hurts with no offensive line, and your top two receivers are Greg Ward and Travis Fogel. So what real good is it going to do? That's yeah, that's kind of the point I, I was making, uh, and and I agree. But at the the other side of that coin is with no offensive line, a mobile quarterback helps, and you can and you can scheme him time by rolling him out and things like that. Uh, so it, it offers a little more in that sense. Uh, and again, it's just to see what you've got. I mean, is Carson Wentz really your future going forward? Uh, if he is, you play with him. If he's not, then I think I agree with Brandon. You start Jalen Hurts and you ride with Jalen Hurts. And and that's where so that's where they went wrong initially. It's, it's kind of like the the Green Bay Packers drafting Jordan Love. It's like they drafted a quarterback when everybody's like, "Why are you drafting a quarterback?" When you've got exactly. So many other needs. But Jalen Hurts, at that point, if you draft him, you're drafting him because you think he's the future of your team. That's the only reason why you're drafting Jalen Hurts. And so to do that and then not give him the opportunity to me would be foolish. You have to see what you have, regardless of who your top two receivers are, regardless of what your line looks like. Let the kid learn. I mean, I'm one of those guys who every job that I've ever gotten into, I'm like, throw me in the fire. I'll learn as I go. And that's kind of what you want to see here with Jalen Hurts is, hey, how are you going to handle this? Because if you handle it when we're bad, you could certainly handle it when we're going to be good. Exactly. Now, the Seahawks are a team that obviously the quarterback that we thought was going to be the MVP early on because he was averaging 400 yards and four touchdowns a game or whatever it was. He just video game numbers right off the bat. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson came down to earth, not just last game, but the last few games. He's really kind of slowed down. But, I mean, 12 points against the Giants. We talked, Sully, uh, a few weeks ago about how good quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, like Deshaun Watson, they find ways to win those close games. And here's where he found a way to score less than 20 points and to lose to the Giants. Yeah, I mean, it, it really didn't make sense. I, I was watching the game, and I, I really couldn't – I mean, it, I don't know. I truly don't know. I'm, I'm truly speechless on this one. The Giants played better than I've ever seen them play the entire season. The defense played out of their mind. 
Um, Russell Wilson played about as poorly as I think I've ever played. I've seen him play, not just this year, but ever, kind of. Uh, it, it really didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, he's still lights out. He's still grading over 90 uh, in a PFF grade this year. Uh, I mean, I still think he's in the MVP conversation. I do think players like Ben Roethlisberger have moved ahead of him. But, uh, I mean, one game doesn't kill you, but this one's a bad one on his resume. Well, it's not just this game. I mean, I I think over the last four to five weeks, he's been really, really bad. I mean, he had that one uh, run there where I think he would go uh, three straight games with three interceptions or something like that. Like he's been, he's been really sub what Russell Wilson normally is. And I don't know if it's a product of, you know, playing down to your competition, which we see a lot with the Kansas city chiefs as well. I'm not sure if that's what Russell Wilson has been doing, what the Seattle Seahawks have been doing, um, or if maybe that New York Giants defense maybe is just a little bit better than everybody gave him credit for. Maybe that's why they're on this, you know, four straight game run or, or five of their last six game run that they're on. I mean, because when they were, what, 0-5 and 1-7, and nobody in the world thought that they were coming back to win this division. But it looks like they're going to come back and win this division unless the, the Washington not Redskins anymore can, can kind of pull something out. Yeah, I guess uh, you know, for me watching it, uh, it is perplexing because, again, we did have that conversation where you thought this was a guy that could actually get your team to win games, and he's just been struggling. And But I will say that mine and Sully, one of our favorite quarterbacks, is Kyler Murray, who I've referred to as Russell Wilson 2.0. There's yeah. another guy who started off 6-2 and two or whatever it was, and now he's kind of faded off as well. It's funny because when Kyler beat uh, Russell Wilson, I, I said that same thing on our show. I said he uh, Kyler Murray out Russell Wilson to Russell Wilson, and he <laughs> looks a lot like Russell Wilson. Uh, he really he, does. He, he looks like he's on the career path for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, and, and Unfortunately, he's been Rus- mimicking Russell Wilson's last couple of weeks as well because he's been laying about as well. It really is a quarterback show because now we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa, who, if this thing blows my mind, and I know Sully and I talked about it a little bit, but it doesn't make sense to me. I'm curious to get your take. He starts, he gets the win again this past weekend, but it's like the guy wins two, three games in a row, and then they yank him during a two-minute drill, and then he misses a game, then he starts again and he wins, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories about this. Now, I know that... um, What's his name? Brian Flores has come out and said, well, he wasn't hurt. We just felt like Fitzpatrick gave us the best chance to win. But there's also kind of a lot of underlying reports. I've heard that his ankle was really hurt and then it got rolled up on kind of right before that two minute drill. And I don't understand. I know Sully said a lot of times in the NFL, these guys try to hide these injuries, but I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you bench him and say it's because of poor play if it's really an injury. So I, I'm going to say that. Tua actually does not give them a better chance to win than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins for the rest of the season. He should have never been pulled in the first place. I know they said that that was the plan and they were sticking with the plan or whatever the case is, but that that is not – you guys are a good team and you finally have a chance to compete for a division that you've never had – well, you haven't had the chance to win in, in like the last 20 years, right, with the New England Patriots – and Tua yesterday against a, a really bad Cincinnati Bengals defense against a Bengals team that has, doesn't have their starting quarterback, you went out and, yeah, you threw for uh, 296 yards and, and a touchdown, but you scored 19 points. 
I mean, you didn't exactly light up the world. Did you have, a, uh, you know, good stats? Sure. But you were also playing a really bad defense. That you, If you were as good as everybody wants you to be, those numbers should have been way better than what they were. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is really getting a raw deal in Miami. And I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick would have Miami in a spot to, you know, win this division with Buffalo if they would have never messed with it in the first place. Um. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree that Ryan Fitzpatrick shouldn't still be the quarterback, but once he's pulled and you ride with Tua, I think you have to continue to ride with Tua at that point. Um, you can't go back and forth. Uh, so at this point, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have Tua as my starter going forward, and, and I'd just go with that because he is the future of your of your franchise. I do actually agree with you that Ryan Fitzpatrick offered them a better chance to make the playoffs and to possibly win the division this year. But I mean, they're not, I, they're clearly not focused on this year. It's, it's more about right. next year. I'm assuming. And, and then guys like Tua. I mean, you see like your headline here says Tua wins. That's what the ESPN had one Tua leaves the dolphins. And it, it, to me, I always find it funny when they want to push a guy to do well, like Taysom Hill two weeks ago, I was cracking up and I was also angry because I'm not a big Taysom Hill guy. I actually think that they're giving Jameis Winston a raw end of the deal there, but Shocker. Taysom Hill gets a, gets a, uh, a headline that Taysom Hill leads the saints. He had 78 yards passing. He did not lead the Saints to anything. <laughs> the run game led the Saints to a win, but because they want to hype up the quarterback and because they want you know him to do well, they're going to portray it in a, in, in a certain light. But look, I, I think that Tua's numbers just should have been better against this Bengals defense. If he's the quarterback that they say that he is, I think Fitzpatrick would have thrown for th- over 350 yards against this Bengals defense. I'm not sure how he would have done against the, the Bengals defense. I just know that... Sometimes your quarterback throws for 186 yards and a touchdown, and sometimes he throws for 296, and sometimes he throws for 396. And, and the defense, sometimes it's a good defense. I know it's, it's the NFL, any given Sunday, right? I think Tua is the future of the franchise. I think we all agree was obviously the third overall pick. They picked him in the future. But like Sully said, this is where we agreed was that, you know, once you take Fitzpatrick out, which I thought he should have been the starter for the whole year as well, or maybe at least until the last three games, and he gives him two. Yeah garbage time but once they made that switch i think flores has to say listen no matter how bad you play you are not coming out of any of these games it's time to learn looking back at 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 it now do you still think that Tua was the best quarterback in this draft class no Um, no i mean joe burrow went number one yeah and so i mean but he got hurt right if Tua didn't get hurt though Tua would have been number one right Probably. I mean, right. it kind of depends because Joe Burrow's season was, I mean, it's it's arguably the greatest college football season of all time. Um, so, you know, it kind of, it, it, who depend, it does, you don't know, but his injury definitely, I mean, he was, he was considered a generational talent before he got hurt. Yes. I see. I think Herbert before, even before Burrow got hurt, I, I thought that I think Herbert is going to be the best quarterback out of that draft class Oof. after watching him. The things that he's done early in his career, I mean, I get that they're they're not winning right now in, in San Diego, but again, I think that that's a coaching thing and a organizational thing more than it's a Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has gone toe-to-toe with, with uh, 
with Tom Brady. He went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. He went toe-to-toe with uh, with uh, Drew Brees. He didn't lose any of those games by less than one score. This kid is really, really good, and I understand that they're they're not winning very many games. But again, I, I just think that it's a coach. I, I really I love Justin Herbert and what he's doing out there in San Diego, and I think he is a very, very good quarterback. I think he's one of those ones that we're going to see him for a long time in the NFL. Yeah, my hatred for Justin Herbert's kind of well known on this show. <laughs> um, it, 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 it isn't. I did hatred. not know that. No, it's not hatred. It's more um, I came into the draft saying I didn't really like him as a, as a franchise player. Um, I don't think he had it upstairs mentally. So you just want to be right. Is what you're saying. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, not just that. I also, I put a lot of stock into winning football games. Um, I don't I, like, like, you know, like you say, Fitzpatrick would have thrown for 350 yards. Well, I don't care how many yards you throw for if you win the football game. Yeah. So, so and you're that's, not going to win in, in Los Angeles with that Chargers team. I mean, they're scoring 30 plus points a game, but they're giving up 38. Like, I mean, you can't. Well, in really some, they just Herbert they just scored like 23 last game. So, yeah. But I agree. He, I, I have admittedly said on the show he is playing much better than I ever thought he would. Um, I still wouldn't anoint him the best of this class yet because I still think. Joe Burrow has played phenomenally as well, and I think Tua has a chance to play really well also. But Justin Herbert's definitely played better than I thought he would. And before we move on to the next topic, just to correct you, Sully, um, the Chargers actually scored zero last game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. zero. Shut out. <laughs> right. Uh, so the Steelers, the reason this came up is because the Browns won. They improved to 9-3. and three. And they're having a really great year. I mean, every friggin' game we got to hear the last time they were eight and three, the last time they were nine and three. Yes, Bill Belichick was a coach. We get it. But, <laughs> yeah. but the thing that kills me is that all these Steelers, you know, haters out there are talking about their eleven and zero is the worst eleven and zero of all time. You know, they beat this overrated Browns team, who again now has nine wins. You know, they beat this other team on their backup quarterback. And I'm curious to get your take because me and Sully agreed last episode: a win is a win is a win. And so 11 and 0, I don't care if they're all one point wins over 0 and 8 teams. They're still wins. And so I'm curious to get your take. They're 11 and 0. What do you think? I look, I, I'm with you. You're, you're 11 and 0. You've beat everybody in front of you. They're they're winning right now. Uh, they're up 14 to 10. I want you're beating everybody that's in front of you. And a win is a win is a win. You're right. And people want to talk about you know their strength of schedule. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs are are one loss you know behind them. And the Kansas City Chiefs uh, teams that they've played have a worse record than the teams that the Chiefs have, or the Steelers have played this year. So, I mean, people want to talk, but they, they want to talk about the – they always want to talk about the guys who are winning. And Pittsburgh's always one of those teams that outside of Pittsburgh, everybody hates. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Hockey, people hate the Penguins. You know, if you go uh, – you know, not, not basketball. Except the Pirates. Teams, but, nobody hates yeah. – nobody thinks the Pirates are good. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't <laughs> win nothing. So, I, I – Look, I, I just think it's a product of when when you're on top, people want to hate. They want to bring you down. They want to see you lose. Like, if you're not a Steelers fan right now, you're watching every Steelers game so that you could say, I was watching when they lost that one game, or you can pick them apart after they lose and see, see, they got exposed. The, the, the Steelers are the best team at football on offense and on defense. They are sound all the way around. And while I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are a score-at-will team, their defense is what makes them less of what the Steelers are. Um, and I just – I feel like the Steelers are just 
built for this. I, I think the Steelers could run the table. I don't think they will, but I think that they could. Um, and they, they prove it week in and week out. Well, no surprise here. The Jets uh, choke. <laughs> but, you know, Sully and I were surprised a couple of weeks ago. We were like, hey, they tried to win, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it looked like they were going to win this game right up until five seconds left in the game. And, I mean, they scored the go-ahead touchdown, five minutes mm-hmm. left, and then with five seconds left, they give up the deep play on the blitz to, uh, you know, to Henry Ruggs. They and ran the Madden blitz all. <laughs> but at the same time, it was it was a great throw. It was a great catch. I mean, you end up losing those games. I don't like that they fired the defensive coordinator after that, almost like, hey, this is why we're firing. It was because of that play, because really your team is just garbage. You know, you're keeping your head coach because – I think privately they've given him instructions, do whatever it takes to lose every game. The, 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 the blitz all confuses the hell. Did you see, I don't know if you guys saw, but so they interviewed Derek Carr after the game. He says, I was really surprised when I saw them come with a complete blitz, but at the same time, as soon as I saw it, I was really, really happy. So, <laughs> like, like they, that was everybody in the, everybody knows you, at that point in the game, there's not very much time left. You go to a prevent defense, right? I mean, you you stop them from scoring at, at all costs. And instead, they said, no, we're going to go all after the quarterback and we're going to leave your wide receivers wide open. So, I, I mean, to be fair, that's that's what Greg Williams does. Um, he's, he's done it before in the same exact situation when he was the defensive coordinator for the Browns against the Broncos, and it worked. They got a sack. Um, so it, it's kind of just the way he plays that situation. Um, is is he'd rather, I guess, pressure than let you wait. Now, I don't agree with it, but I, like all these people screaming like they were tanking on purpose and trying to lose on purpose, so they called an all-out blitz, That that that's where I got to say no. Like, you know, that's yeah. not what happened. Greg Williams has a history of doing this. This isn't the first time he did it. He, would, he didn't just say, hey, you know what, let's run a, like you said, a blitz all for the shits and gigs. No, he, he, he believes in it in this situation. Um, do I think it's the right call? Absolutely not. No, it's the terrible call. <laughs> but it, it's it, again, it's it's something that he's done before, and now, I agree. The, the firing's a joke, though. Question for you. Now, if you're a, a quarterback or a middle linebacker on the team, you're the quarterback of, of the defense, correct? So why not audible out of that all blitz? <laughs> you're like, what the hell? Because... I don't. I'm with you. I don't believe that there's a coaching staff in the world or a player in the world that wants to be a part of an 0 16 team. You just no. don't want that on your resume. Um, so I don't think that anybody's really trying to lose on purpose. Um, if if Gase is trying to lose, on, I mean, Gase is a moron. Gase is an absolute, probably the worst coach in NFL history. Um, I, I saw an interview with him last week who said he he said he failed to develop uh, Sam Darnold. Well, no, you, you, you failed to develop the entire organization. Um, you, like, you are an awful, awful coach, and you should never have another job again, period. Well, uh, a topic that's near and dear to your heart is the Saints quarterback situation. As the Saints continue to roll with Tyson Hill at quarterback, and I'm curious to get your take only because I know that you're passionate about this, you're a big Jameis Winston, top 10 quarterback in the league. I know I don't want to go 10 rounds on this, but I do kind of want to – it does play into this whole scenario where I've seen is Jameis Winston getting blackballed. I don't think so because I think that, you know, Taysom Hill's been with the organization longer, 
And I think when they signed him to this extension to have him for this year instead of letting him leave as free agent, I think they kind of made a commitment to him, like, we're going to give you a chance to play and show us what you can do. If you can't do anything, it's on you, but we're going to give you that chance. And I think that's what they're doing here is they're giving him the chance and they just keep winning. So you think that Taysom Hill is a better option for the Saints than Jameis Winston? I'm not saying that. I'm saying I think that they are giving him a chance because they told him they would. But so you give you give this guy a chance when you are and granted I I think that they and I said this at the beginning I think that they gave the ball to Taysom Hill because they saw their schedule for while Drew Brees is going to be out and it's not very tough. Um, but against those not very tough teams, he has not really performed well outside of the first half of yesterday's game. He had a killer first half and then in the second half he he came out and he stunk again and they almost lost that game. Like and that's another thing that I I don't understand. We'll we'll have to talk about that another time. But they they should have still have one second left on their clock. But because of re, review replay rules, which I did not know, they can't put any time left on the clock unless it's two seconds or more. Which I did, to me is mind boggling. How you can't give another team when you it clearly shows there was one second left on the clock a chance to throw another deep bomb. But. I, I think that a guy who last year, and granted, I'll give you the interceptions. Everybody will talk about the interceptions. It's the first thing they want to bring up. But I'll also tell you he's the same guy that threw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns. I want that guy over the guy who's going to give me, you know, 7 for, for 23 for 78 yards or, or, or light up the first half and disappear in the second half. I, I just I, – I feel like – and we're seeing it now in Tampa Bay. We're seeing now with, with Tom Brady, the play calling is just atrocious. Um, so – Maybe it wasn't all Jameis Winston's fault for the 33 interceptions. Well, granted, I'll, I'll give you a quarterback throws an interception, he throws an interception. If it's a tip ball, it still goes against the quarterback. But I just I feel like Jameis Winston, I, here's why I think and why I brought up the are they blackballing Jameis Winston is because you've got a guy who threw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns, and you've got a guy in Drew Brees who – Really has look. He's just showing his age this year. He's still been winning games. He's still doing the things they need him to do in New Orleans. But he has they that offense has not been as high flying as it has been over the last four or five years. And if you brought in Jameis Winston and he starts scoring thirty five to forty points a game with your offense, and then you bring Drew Brees back and he's only going out there scoring twenty seven or twenty three, and God forbid you lose that first game that he comes back. All of a sudden, the whispers are, we want Jameis over Drew Brees, and that's what the fans start talking about. And so they don't want to do that to Drew Brees, and that's understandable. You don't want to do that to a guy of that class and a guy of you know, his caliber and what he's meant to your organization. I understand that. But I completely think that that's why they said, hey, we'll just go with Taysom Hill here because we don't want to have that conflict when we bring Drew Brees back. Well, sorry, I don't agree with that you, at all. So you watched uh, Jameis Winston up close in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I can't agree with that at all. I, um, I mean, Taysom, Taysom Hill had a, had a you know a, a decent game last game. He was twenty seven for thirty seven. You know what I mean? For he was you know, twenty one for twenty seven in the first half. So it, it, and so he, he <laughs> so so then he was six to ten the second half. So he only had to throw ten balls, but he was still completing sixty percent clip. I mean that's not bad. I mean he had two thirty two touchdowns, zero turnovers. I mean the big important stat there is zero turnovers, and I think that's what this team wants. I agree. They looked at the schedule and they said, "What can we do to get through this schedule with the less least amount of damage?" You're never going to think least amount of damage and Jameis Winston in the same sentence. You're just not. 
Um, this this was just a case where they said, hey, look, we can put Taysom Hill in. We can run essentially the same offense. We don't have to adjust our offense. And but they and, did though because you can't use Kamara in the same effect with Breeze or or even and that's why I think Jameis Winston would be better than he was in Tampa Bay is because of you got Alvin Kamara and they couldn't run that same offense and they showed that in the first three weeks they can't run Alvin Kamara. The yeah, but Jameis Winston doesn't have the mental mental capabilities to check down his receivers. That's why he throws so many interceptions. He forces balls downfield and this isn't a downfield offense. It's not. Michael Thomas doesn't run a route past eight yards down the field. Alvin Kamara doesn't catch the ball more than eight yards down the field. It just doesn't happen. This isn't an explosive offense. It's a methodical offense, and that's not Jameis Winston's play style, in my opinion. That's well, why, why did they pick him up. Because I, I do think in the in maybe a, after this year or two years from now, something like that, they can they can find a way to maybe change their offense and use him. But in 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 this case where they've got Drew Brees and they've got an offense and it's implemented. I mean, I don't think you just change things in the middle of a season. So we just talked about Tua and not going back and forth and because you, you kill a guy's mentality. So you sign this guy to be the backup, and then when it comes time for a backup to come in, you put in Taysom Hill. What does that do to his mentality? You did not sign him to be the backup. You signed him to be the third-string quarterback. The backup was signed for $20 when million. Dollars. Hurt, who came in for the rest of that game? Well, that was because Taysom Hill was actually playing in the game at that point. He hadn't taken quarterback snaps. Who Who's getting paid more money to play quarterback? Well, that Taysom Hill's getting paid to, to be a gimmick guy. No, I mean, who's getting paid? Who's getting my 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 essential point is is who's ever getting paid more is is the team's view of their backup quarterback is is kind of my point. Um, uh, yeah, I just think my it's two- the wrong decision. I I really do. My two two points that I was going to make that I disagree with you on. One is when you said, you know, is uh, the problem Bruce Arians? Because obviously we see the 30 interceptions or whatever last year. The coaching staff and the play calling is never responsible for interceptions. Those are quarterback decisions every every time. Secondly, you'd mentioned if he came in and played really good, then do we hear whispers about Drew Brees? Drew Brees is to New Orleans what Tom Brady was to New England. You will never hear whispers. You could oh, have Dan Marino in his prime <laughs> as a backup. No, there's no Marino. There's, there's no whispers. There, there were no rumors about about uh, Tom Brady every time that they lost. There was no. There was no saying he's he's getting old. We gotta get rid of him and Belichick. There were nobody, I, I nobody was saying to, put, Brian to, Brian nobody I, I was, listen, put Brian Hoyer in. Nobody was put Brian Hoyer in. I listen to Boston sports radio every time that they lose, just because I love to hear the fans jump off a cliff in Boston, and that's what they do every time they lose. And every time that they lost, there was like, hey, maybe we need. It's time to move on for Tom Brady. And you don't want to do that to Drew Brees in New Orleans. And, and I understand that. And and they don't want to have what happened. They don't want to see Drew Brees next year playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars on a two-year contract. So, I look, you know, I, I understand what everybody says. Everybody comes at me about the Jameis Winston thing. I just think a guy that threw for 5,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns is just a little bit better than a guy who really had never, you know, thrown for any type of yardage in the NFL. Michael Buckheister questions uh, Sully here. He says, so because someone's getting paid more, they're ranked higher in the depth chart? Um, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, true. I mean, for the most part, yeah. I mean, you go look at, you go look at 98% of depth charts. The guy that gets paid more is ahead of the guy who gets paid less behind him. 
I think the only exception would be old contracts. But yeah, if you just signed a new contract with a guy, he's. And then, I mean, like I said, I mean, ninety-eight percent of yeah, there's exceptions, I guess, but for the most part, the guy, the guy behind you is going to get paid less than you. Yeah, I can get behind that. I, yeah. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> now we love to talk sportsmanship on the show, bat flips and whatnot, <laughs> and what a great show of sportsmanship by the Kansas City Chiefs when they played uh, yesterday. With this is the second time that Tyreek Hill has done this where he's caught a touchdown, waited at the one-yard line, and just done a backflip into the end zone. Now, maybe a little bit more here, but he did it a few <laughs> weeks ago. Now, this was called back because of a holding penalty. But at the end of the That's day... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's amazing. I was just going to say, like, you know, three years ago, I probably would have hated this because I'm all sportsmanship, you know, don't... But at the end of the day, I have no problem with it because even for years, I love this. Uh, Sterling Sharp had the touchdown in his career where he ran, same thing, blew by all the defensive backs, looked behind him, and then didn't even cross the goal line. He just reached the ball over and dropped it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I love that kind of uh, showmanship. I- I'm glad Michael Buckheiser is listening right now because I'm about to destroy your boy. <laughs> you know who doesn't like to watch the backflips is the owner that's paying that guy so much money. His butthole puckers every time Tyreek Hill does that back. Imagine if Tyreek Hill does a backflip, lands it, and blows an ACL. Like what? You know what I mean? Like it's just stupid, man. Run into the end zone, celebrate, do what you got to do. Run to the camera like everybody else does. Watch yourself on the little end zone TV. Do what you got to do, but do not do a backflip because if you do a backflip and tear an ACL, that I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill are a completely different team and a completely beatable team. And you do not want to see Tyreek Hill out of that lineup. Nobody in the NFL. I don't want to see Ty the the. Chiefs go against the Steelers in an AFC title game without Tyreek Hill. To me, that would be boring. So I, I don't, I'm not against it. I don't mind watching flamboyant, you know, celebrations. I'm all about bat flips in baseball. But this backflip, man, it's just, it's just dangerous because of injury reasons. I actually kind of agree with that. Um, like watching it, I think it's, it's fun. I, I want to see it. Um, if I was a part of the team, like if I'm Andy Reid or something like that, I'd tell him, hey, let's cut that shit out. Um, let's just you do something else to get it. Fall backwards or, you know, do something. Don't backflip because yeah. I agree. Now, he doesn't land it, and I think he doesn't land it on purpose. So he doesn't put any kind of not kind of stress on his knees, yeah. but in any case, because he could easily land that backflip. He if still he wanted. lands on his knees. So all right. So instead of a torn ACL, you got a torn patella. <laughs> yeah, or like a, or like a torn Achilles or something like yeah. that. He could catch an ankle and turn Achilles. I agree. Oh. I mean, and not to sort of topic here. Did we see? Did you guys see that that catch that was not even looked at and and replayed with him? No, no. Damn! I wish you guys had. It was a deep play. He went and caught it. Uh, the, the defender knocked it out. As they're falling, the ball falls down and just lands right here, and he ends up catching it. Doesn't even know he catches it. And they don't even replay it or nothing. And, and it was 100% a touchdown. They don't replay it. They don't do anything. They don't challenge it. Nothing happened. It was wild. I can't believe you don't know. I thought all scoring God. plays had to be reviewed. Oh, it, it, it was ruled incomplete. It was scoring play. And then, and then Kansas City didn't challenge it for some reason. I, bro, you got to go go Google it and YouTube it after this. I'm telling you, it'll blow your, it'll blow your mind. That's now, Michael Buckheiser did a challenge. He says, I see five teams. Oh, well, that's not the case where, I guess. Uh, oh, Buckheiser. <laughs> this guy. What? With the if starters it, and the money. And- 
oh, what is it, Gardner Minshew on his rookie contract and fucking, like, get out of here. <laughs> I can't even defend you right now, Buck. What are you doing to me, man? So I'm going to skip over a couple of topics here as we run. Uh, you know, Lofenberg is the guy we talked about, uh, you know, off the air. We came on now. He's the offensive guard for Air Force. Uh, Brandon had mentioned to us last show, if you were following the show, he said, what about this guy, Lofenberg, from Air Force? And so he said, I don't even know who he is, but I'll, t- I'll check him out. And then, you know, in our group chat said, by the way, that dude, I can't find him anywhere. You know, I don't even know what you're talking about. He's fucking <laughs> your fourth round pick. But then upon more further research, Brandon provided some articles from uh, Pro Football Focus where they had this guy ranked as one of the top guards in the country. He's the first team All-American. He's got these ridiculous run blocking stats. And But Sully keeps doing the research. Like, I still can't find him anywhere. Like, what's <laughs> yeah. going on? Yeah, this is weird. He's an anomaly at this point. I, I truthfully, somebody help me, help us. <laughs> I mean, tell me what is going on with this kid, Nolan Laufenberg. Where are you, bro? What's going on? Uh, they only played two games this year, so maybe that's what's happening. We can't figure it out why he's he's not on uh, the PFF's top two hundred. I can't find him in a single mock draft. I can't find a scouting report on the kid. Um, all I've got is is tape of his two games, and yeah. and I, I mean, and then last year, which he was one of the highest graded uh, offensive guards uh, seasons of all time. Yeah. Um, so so it's it's kind of perplexing. <laughs> I want to figure this situation out really bad, man. Yeah, man. Look, it, it's one of those things where when we were talking about it afterwards, I was just like, look, I, you know, I, I threw it out there for topic. You know, I seen the kid play. I think he's really good, but. Then I started looking in, and I'm like, man, why, why is it? So in January, they had him, PFF had him ranked at the number three offensive lineman in college football. In August, he preseason, he was ranked as an All-American and on the, you know, one of the best linemen in college football. And now he's not even going to get drafted. Like Today, what, he's not even in the top. He's not on their top 200. Yeah, yeah. so I, like, I don't know <laughs> if he decided to stay in the Air Force. Maybe he's going to pursue his career in the Air Force. Maybe he's going to use his degree. I saw – I looked up his profile on, on Air Force, uh, the website, and they're talking about he says he wants to, you know, play in the NFL after um, his season's over. He wants to do – so I really have no clue, man. Like, <laughs> I, this kid's run defense, so, I mean, we talked about it. This kid can, can run block. He, his pass blocking leaves some boat, you know – they don't pass at Air Force. They don't like they're they're a run first offense and but his run blocking ability and that's why I mentioned him at you know with the the Bears at thirteen if they're not gonna go with a quarterback, they gotta go with a run blocker and he would be one of the best out there, but he I don't even know if he's out there. Well, and the other thing too I, re- I read about him isn't so much that his pass blocking is a detriment. They just don't know how good of a pass blocker he is yeah. because they don't run off pass plays. Yeah. So that's why I was going to say to Sully, this is a kid who gets invited to the combine. We know how good he can run block. If he has like a good shuttle and he shows good hands in the positional drills and he interviews well, could he be a first-round pick? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the kid. I truly don't. Um, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, you don't grade that high and, and you're not a good player. I mean, like the company he's in are like elite players. It's like Quentin Nelson and, and Chance Warmack and guys like this. Like, you know, it's it's elite grades and, and elite guys, guys who went in the top 10 at offensive guard, which doesn't happen. Um, I, I don't know. I talked about Wyatt Davis last show, um, and and he's one of the better guards I've, I've seen, you know, in, in quite a while, technically. Um, sound. He's like I said. He gets you get his hands on you. He, he's gonna he's gonna maul you. Um, 
this kid is that way too. From the two games I saw, because I did go and watch his two games when you mentioned him. Um, I mean, as a run blocking player, he's he's exceptional. It's it's fun to watch him. Like I, I I talk to Wayne about it all the time. Balance. The kid's never on the ground. His center of gravity's never off point. That's very important. But he just you don't know what you're going to get as a pass blocker, and and that's yeah. important. I mean, when you guys got when you got Aaron Donald in the middle and and Chris Jones in the middle, these pass rushers from the interior, you got to know how to pass block. So now I, I saw a stat that said that he had 298 knockdowns last year. Yeah. Now that's insane as an offensive lineman. 298 yeah. knockdowns is is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. So. I really want to know where this what this kid is doing, where the hell he's going, where he's gone. Like, I I don't you know I I don't know. I mean, hopefully he's doing okay. Hopefully he's healthy. Yeah, I know. Um, but I just like I I really want to know what's going on with him. Now, skipping over a little bit uh, again is that we've got uh, oops, wrong one. So the oh, he's actually still in the Bulls draft. So I was going to bring up the Patrick Williams. I know you didn't like this pick. Uh, going fourth overall, I understood it because of the ceiling on the kid. He's the second youngest player in the draft. His athleticism is through the charts. He defends extremely well, which is why he'll do well in Billy Donovan's system on a Bulls team that doesn't have a lot of really good defenders. And, you know, he's a knockdown three-point shooter. It needs to improve going to the NBA level. But they really look at him as like a 3 and D guy, plus his athleticism and the defense and being 18, 19 years old. So I think I understand the pick. My question for you, kind of where this is going, is should high school players be allowed to go to the NBA draft? Because that's essentially what the Bulls did here. They took a flyer on a guy that said, you know, high risk, high reward. This guy could turn out to be a 10-time perennial all-star. He could turn out to be nothing. And that's the chance you take with high school players. So what do you think about the whole high school player? So I'm, I've always been a, a big proponent of if a kid is good enough in any sport to be drafted out of high school, he should go ahead and get drafted. Because I'll tell you right now, after high school, if you don't want to go to college, you could go ahead and do anything else that you want to do other than professional athlete. If you don't want to go to college, you can go to the military and, and you, you're old enough to go ahead and, and head overseas and, and shoot people. But you're not good enough to play in the NBA or you're not, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I don't understand the whole in, in any sport. You, I get it. NFL is different because of size and all that type of stuff. But if there's a kid out there that somebody thinks is good enough as an NFL scout to say, hey, I want to draft this guy out of high school. Why not let him? Why not let the guy go earn a paycheck and do what he's ultimately going to do anyway? The NBA is a little bit different because what is it? Uh, you have to do one year at least, right? Yeah, one year removed yeah. from graduating class. Yeah, in NFL, I believe you have to play at least two or three. So I, three, I yeah. just, yeah, so it, it's a little bit different. But, yeah, absolutely kids should be able to get drafted out of high school. So what's your take, Sully? Because obviously I showed the highlight there of Kobe Bryant. Or, or, you're my favorite player. Of course. Um, if, if you can play, go play. I mean, that's the way I feel. That's the way I've always felt. Um, I, I agree with the NFL's way. Um, I think it should be two years, not three years. But um, I do think – I don't think an 18-year-old young man can can play with a 26- and 27-year-old full-grown man in the NFL. But, I mean, I, I give him a shot. But at the same time, like, I, I see the side to that coin. 
um, because they're having violent collisions over and over and over again. Um, in the NBA, uh, let them play. I mean, let them play. See, the I, I NHL, they let them play, and there's violent collisions yeah. too, though. I, so. I disagreed with that. Like, we just interviewed on our show uh, the kid who committed uh, out of Indiana to Ohio State, um, Zen uh, Mikulski. And that kid is uh, six foot six, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. So I think he could go up in the NFL and, and block. Like I, I think that there are you know guys that are out of high school that that are big enough to compete with grown men. Um, whether or not they have the mentality to be able to compete with them, it, that, like all that, you know, is is a different story. But. I, I just I think that especially in, in the NBA, man, look, all you're doing on a basketball court is running up and down and jumping. So all you're doing by making a kid go to college for one year is giving him one more year to end his career. And that's just I think you should just allow it right out of high school. Absolutely. Well, before I get to my take on the high school NBA, I am going to correct you about the kid that you interviewed. Uh, he could not play in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> and, and, the, and the reason being is that. Size is just a number. So we talk about all the time about old man strength, right? You ever think about challenging your dad, right? You could be six foot seven and your dad could be five nine. He'll put you through a wall, right? If you challenge him. Like old men just have certain kind of strength. So if you take a kid and you put him up against grown NFL players, they would maul that kid. He wouldn't have a chance. I don't care how big he is, he is going to get knocked backwards by two hundred pound safeties. I agree. Now, <laughs> as far as the high school thing, I agree. With you. I think high school just let them play, especially now with the, the developmental league and how it's coming along. But my only thing to advocate for the NBA having an age limit is it's a private entity; they can make any rules they want about employees. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I don't want to take away their right to say, "Hey, listen, you know, you should be letting kids because they can go to Walmart." Well, Walmart could make you get a one-year degree or two-year degree. Imagine Kobe Bryant going to Duke or UNC and then tearing an ACL and never getting to see him play in the NBA. That's the risk you take. I mean, you know, Dewan Wagner went to the NBA because his coach Calipari told him he said, "Go to the NBA, man," because you know it's, it's a risk life's you take, too short. But it's a risk you have to take right now, and you shouldn't have to take that risk. Get paid. I mean, you know, very few players for every Kevin Garnett and LeBron James, which are two guys who are able to come in and play right away at an All Star level out of high school. Literally, even Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Jermaine O'Neal. I don't care who you name. Name any other player besides Kevin Garnett and LeBron James, and you'll be wrong if you say that they were ready for the NBA out of high school. They, they weren't. And those two guys are just different. Um, but I still I like it. My question for you kind of as we end this segment is this. Patrick Williams is that, and that high school player, that high, high, high ceiling, super athletic, could be uh, you know, a Giannis, could be a, a generational player. He's just not even close right now. So you're getting a raw piece of iron. Do you agree with taking a raw piece of iron looking at their roster at number four? I, I don't. I, I, but again, this wasn't a very deep draft. Um, this was, this came to a point where at number five, I was like, God, I hope we can get one of, the, I hope we can get that ball kid. And I never thought I'd vote, hope that my team could get one of the ball kids. You know? <laughs> but I just, I, I just, I don't know. I, it is what it is. They did the most Chicago thing that they could possibly do, and with the number five overall pick, took a guy who wasn't, you know, supposed to get picked. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to end things without. Whoops, that's Kenny. Let's uh, skip things here. Actually, if you're listening, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But if you're watching, <laughs> I did the wrong graphic. So greater than is a segment that we love to do here. I mentioned it to you in our pre-show. I said you throw two items out there. 
and you just got to talk about which one is greater than which. So I wanted to kind of kick things off here, and I'll let you prepare yours. Me and Sully can kind of show you how it's done, and I'll, and I'll throw this one out there for the two of you. Um, all right, this one's going to be Margot Robbie, Angelina Jolie. Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, I don't you even think, think Angelina Jolie's hot, so. Oh, all right, yeah, well. I, yeah. yeah, I'm going Margot Robbie, too. <laughs> There's also, like, a 20-year difference there. No, no I'm saying in their prime. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but Margot Robbie is that. Ooh, she's yeah. so bad. She's, ooh. Yeah, she is. So, for me, it's Angelina Jolie, and, and, and the big reason – I said in their prime. It doesn't matter. You're still old. Like that's like asking my dad Sharon Stone or Margot Robbie. He's gonna say Sharon Stone no, just I, because he's old. Like, I, love, I won't call you old, Wayne. I won't call you. Old. I, I, I love Margot older. Robbie. I'm just saying that Angelina Jolie has that exotic look. She's a little bit crazy. She does. And we think we've talked It'll about it. Crazy. That bitch is Let's, a lot crazy. And that's what I like. We talked about this in a previous show. Like when I watch <laughs> Harry Potter. You know, it's not Hermione that does it for me. It's Bellatrix Lestrange. I, I like a I'm, psycho. I'm divorced twice, so I'm all done with crazy women. I'm going Margot Robbie all day. Yeah, long. yeah but she's crazy too. So, I mean, at least her characters have been. So, yeah. Uh, man, that's right, what do you guys only for greater than? All right, so here we go. It's going to be an easy one. Soft tacos or hard tacos? Oh, what do you say, Brandon? Soft corn tacos all day. Uh. Soft corn top, man. Look, man, I'm from Chicago. My stepdad is Mexican. I am all about my Mexican food, man. But it's, I'm going soft corn all day long. Soft corn tortillas. I was going to say soft tacos, but then I remembered I'm not a pussy. So I'm going with <laughs> hard tacos. <laughs> because hard tacos are where it's at. <laughs> all right. Nah, man, it's the soft corn, bro. You, you, you put two of them, too. You crisp them up, get the soft corn, and then just just meat, onions, cilantro, queso fresco, a little lime. We're, we're in there, baby. All right. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, soft tacos to me, you just name it a burrito that's open. Open face burrito. <laughs> and a tiny open face burrito, right? Yeah. All right, guys. So I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a sports one here. Uh-oh. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go hockey on TV or baseball live. Ooh. I'll let Sully, because Sully likes hockey. Yeah, but I'm going to take anything live over anything on TV. I, that's not true, but <laughs> uh, definitely <laughs> baseball live over hockey on TV. <laughs> uh, baseball live over hockey on TV. I love going to baseball games, so it's nostalgic for me. Um, you know, like I love getting a dog and getting peanuts and, and watching a game and heckling players. Like I genuinely love it. So, So for me – I'll kind of, you know, uh, alter what Sully said. I will take any sport live over hockey on TV. (laughs) So I would, I mean, I love hockey live. I mean, I've I've been, hockey live is just awesome. I mean, there's nothing like it. Yeah. But I can't watch it on TV. I just don't get the game enough to really appreciate it. So I don't care if it's baseball, basketball. Football is a challenging one live because it's such a crap. I hate football live. I just can't watch hockey. Man, it says a guy who watches guys run up back and forth to put a ball in the net once every four or five possessions. Well, put the short shorts on the hockey players and I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, right? Jeez. <laughs> hey, if they jump 10 feet in the air on skates, I'll watch it on TV. Let me ask you, Brandon, watching the Blackhawks on TV or watching a game at Wrigley? Oh, man, look, I'm a baseball guy. Uh, game at Wrigley all day long. Um, I am... 
I'm through and through. I'm a, a baseball first, and then hockey's my second sport. So I, I really do love hockey. I do love the Blackhawks. Um, but I'm going to go any sport live anyway. Um, yeah. I just I just love the atmosphere. I love I love sports live. Even football live, I don't mind it because oh. I, only because before I even get in the stadium, I'm drunk because I'm pre-gaming it in the parking yeah. lot. So it doesn't really matter at that point. <laughs> and I'm a Bears fan, so I already know my team's yeah, gonna you're lose. gonna lose. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I look a game at Wrigley to me, which, you know, I finally moved back to Chicago after for the first time in 15 years and COVID hit. So I didn't even get a chance to go to Wrigley this year. So I'm, I'm late. Yeah, I can't wait for baseball season this year. I've got another movie one. It's uh, Vin Diesel, The Rock. Ooh. The Rock. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going with Vin Diesel movies. I know I probably should, but man, I just like how The Rock is funny. I think yeah. I think the I think the comedic aspect of it is going to get it for me. But yeah, I mean, you're I man, I can't tell you how many times I watched the original Fast and the Furious like in the theaters oh too. God, like, yeah. I must have gone at least twenty times like in no, the theater. Yeah, a lot of people forget about him in like Pitch Black. Oh, uh, Pitch Black the, was the my Riddick, shit. Yeah, and the then Riddick the Riddick, series and then, was amazing. Uh, the one where he, where his wife gets murdered, and uh, he's like yeah. the the drug, uh, uh, the the man undercover. Uh, what the hell uh, is it? A man yeah, apart. Yeah. Man apart. Man, that movie was so good too. Yeah, I mean he's got a Knock bunch. Knock around but... guys. No, Knock around guys. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it was good. Wayne so, put me on that one. So my, uh, I actually go with the Rock here, uh, and and I'm a huge Vin Diesel fan. I love D- uh, Vin Diesel. And the first time I saw the Fast and the Furious, it's so funny to think that that movie is actually about. Brian Paul Walker's character, but you don't even remember that he's in the movie because Vin yeah. Diesel just feels every scene he's in, yeah. and that's what he does in every movie he's in. Vin Diesel is the star. The knockaround guys, he wasn't the main character. It was Barry Pepper, but yeah. just yeah. Vin Diesel steals that movie, and so he's so phenomenal that I love him, and I think he's underrated as a dramatic actor. But at the same time, when I'm looking at their catalogs, I don't think anything Vin Diesel has done has been as good as Walking Tall, yeah. and I, that's just an amazing movie with The Rock, and I think. The rundown is so funny and just hilarious. And then we've got, you know, the Gridiron Gang is just a fantastic movie. So in terms of being just a dramatic actor, I think The Rock has him be in in an overall movie catalog. Do I want nine Fast and the Furious or a variety of The Rock? And I know you're going to get the Tooth Fairy and the game plan in there, but I still I'll take it. Yeah, but you're also (laughs) going to get half the Fast and the Furious is now, too. I guess that's Uh, true. Because The Rock's in those. So, you know, you're going to get your Vin Diesel fix. So... Yeah. <laughs> we do another yeah. one. It's always, it's always turn to go. It's, it's my turn to do one here. Oh. All right. So I know, right? Um, all right. Let's see. Which one do I want to do here? All right. We can do this one. All right. Steak and cheese or hot Italian? Ooh. Look, man, I'm I'm a big proponent of of steak and cheese. I love steak and cheese, man, but hot Italians are good too. I'm going steak and cheese though. Uh, man, steak and cheese with everything, the onions, the peppers, the mushroom. Oh my dude. All right, I gotta go <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, I don't like either one of those options. What? Yeah. What? But since I'm forced, I thought you said you to... weren't a pussy. I know. That's, right? I was just going to say, you guys are going to take that comment right away <laughs> yeah. because I don't like either one, but uh, I would take steak and cheese into Put a little bit of sauce on the whole not a pussy comment. I would take steak and cheese with nothing but the steak and cheese. <laughs> oh my god, what a bitch. <laughs> See, I'm a hot Italian guy. Give me some 
Give me some hot peppers on that bitch, too. Ooh, man, right. that's my jam. So, so my next one obviously doesn't apply to Wayne because he doesn't like vagina. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Shakira or Gwen Stefani. Oh, actually, this isn't a bad one because I don't really like either one of them. So. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Oh. But I don't, I don't dislike either one of them. But neither one of them are really, like, in my top, like, oh, my God. <laughs> but... I don't know. I th- I'd probably go Gwen Stefani um, just because, I mean, I used to have a crush on her back in like her no doubt days. Oh, my God. Yes. So then like <laughs> now she's just yeah. like that older lady that like, you know, can still probably put it down. You know what that I'm everybody's saying? Hit so, it. <laughs> yeah, that's OK. Yeah, so my, my thing is this, is that, you know, Gwen Stefani, I'm surprised you mentioned her no doubt days. That was like 95. And I thought, boy, you're, you're a little kid. You won't remember those. Um, <laughs> that was but, his first hard on. <laughs> Second, thank you very much. Yeah, I had, I had a crush on her. Twenty was the first one. I had a crush on her during the No Doubt days. I think any guy my age did. Yeah. But that said, I would take Shakira just because the way she moves. I mean, you yeah. know, she is oh, going to be God. wild in the bedroom. <laughs> she is. Just... Dem, dem hips do not lie. They don't. <laughs> J Lo or Shakira is a better one, I think. J Lo, I take J Lo. Yeah, I do too. But... <laughs> Wayne didn't skip it. J Lo, J Lo, J Lo. <laughs> I take J Lo over pretty much. Is my anyone. mic working? J Lo. <laughs> Why are you screaming J Lo? <laughs> From the attic. I yeah. thought the show was over at seven. <laughs> oh, that's All right, so I'm gonna take it to a really dark place for my last one. I oh mean, God! So because we just had a good laugh, now let's take it somewhere really dark. Jesus. Yikes! Greater than wife beaters, child abusers. Oh my god! So which one do we think is worse? Is better? Is greater than? One's um, greater than the other. So then, um, I guess wife beaters. Um, this is a weird thing to argue. I just thought of it. I thought, boy, that's awful. I'm gonna bring I, it up. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna um, go but... with uh, Jesse by himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, neither of them are that bad. Come on, man, Jesus. <laughs> No, he's going to be listening to this. Sorry, Jesse. Oh, 100%. Uh, Jesse, you're not a wife beater or a child beater. We love you. Um, I would say wife beater just because I, we've talked about children before. And, you know, yes, women, are, I mean, I don't want to say women are helpless, but um, children are helpless. You know what I mean? And, and so, obviously, I think that's much worse. Look, man, I, I can't even really answer this one, to be honest. I know. I Look, I'm going to say whatever you guys agree on, I'll agree with you. I, don't, yeah. I can't, I can't answer this. can't even answer it. Well, yeah, answer. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll help it if, it want, if you want. I agree with Sully. It's, yeah. you know, you're, I don't believe in either one. Obviously, they're both yeah, awful, awful, horrible, atrocious things. But women, when I say wife beater, you're talking about an adult, right? And even though a man is bigger and stronger, as an adult, you're more equipped to defend yourself against another adult versus a child. <laughs> I cannot believe we're having this conversation. Yeah. Versus, versus a two-foot, eight-inch child, you know. You know when I, and we talk about it all the time because I've made it very clear how I feel about uh, Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I, I want him to die. I think he's a horrible, horrible, one of the worst human beings on the planet right now because of what he did. And he has no remorse for it. It isn't like he made a mistake. He's like, yeah, I still hit my kid with a belt. He's a horrible person. I'm about to and, give you that whole thing that I give somebody when I don't want to talk anymore on FaceTime. Be like, and that... 
Yeah. I just, no, no, is that yeah. my dark? No, Sully, maybe you can lighten the mood. A little no, bit. I've, I didn't have another one, and oh, you okay. just went super dark. Brandon, do you want to yeah. lighten the mood? <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll lighten the mood. Um, uh, man hour, or um, that that garbage that uh, Peasy puts out. Oh man, I guess <laughs> I guess Peasy's. If I got a pick, I mean, shit. <laughs> No, I'd probably go with the one that's got the two hosts, right? Uh, uh, Brandon Combs. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's such an easy one because it really is uh, Man Hour because I can actually yes. watch Man Hour yeah. and I cannot watch PZ's show. And I tried. I tried so hard early on when I first started doing the show and I'd asked him for some advice because he'd been doing it for a while. I'm like, hey, we're kind of new to this whole podcast. I mean, what advice do you have for us since you crapped all over us with your rating? what do you think we could do better as like you know i'm gonna watch his show and see what he does i was like guys whatever he gave us for advice throw it out the window yeah we do not want to do that show whereas man hour at least i can watch it i mean it's you guys are fine (laughs) i can't really complain about it appreciate it appreciate it there we go i'm glad we didn't lose that one that would have been i'm gonna quit that said i'm gonna say uh brandon before we throw it to kenny and i'll let you throw it to kenny um, you know, tell the listeners one more time where they can find Brandon Combs and his celebrity status. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got Man Hour uh, every night, Monday through Thursday, uh, at uh, eight p.m. Central Standard Time, nine p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch. You can find us all over the place. Um, and uh, Saturday mornings at nine a.m. on Big X Radio out of Louisville, Southern Indiana area. Um, and so yeah, so. You know, join the page, like, give us all the likes you want, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the content. And if you don't, let us know that too. <laughs> it's a great slogan. Brandon Combs, he won't answer the hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Not all about wife so- beaters and childhood. <laughs> <laughs> they all are garbage. Uh, Sully, anything to say to the fans? Uh, no, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You know, make sure you come back every, uh, every Monday and Saturday, you know? All right, Brandon, you get to throw it to Kenny. Kenny, take it. It's over! It's over, ladies and gentlemen!